Hello and welcome to the Rough Draft Podcast, Season 9, Episode 5, your favorite literary, cultural, and filmographical podcast here at York College of Pennsylvania. This week, we're talking to professors and students in the Mass Communications Department, and our first guest today is Professor Schiffman. Professor Schiffman, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. So what specifically is your field of study, and what kind of classes do you teach here at York? Well, my field of study, uh, when I went to college, was had nothing to do with this. I actually, my degree, my undergraduate degree is in biology. Um, and, uh, but I got involved in the college radio station when I was at, I, I went to Gettysburg College, so while I was there, I got involved in the radio station. Uh, and upon, when I graduated, I got offered a part-time job, and I got into radio, so that's how that got started. So, and I worked in commercial radio from, for most of my career, for about over 30 years. Uh, but in 2013, actually, it, it started, starting in tw- 2006, I worked as an adjunct. I was teaching radio production, and then I taught mass communications. I taught class that we don't have here at the college anymore, human communications, but it was like public speaking. And uh, then in 2013, I was hired full-time to run the college radio station and teach two radio production classes, our radio practicum classes and our radio production class. And then uh, there, there was some change in the faculty, uh, the department faculty, and I was brought in and I started teaching our, all of our audio classes as well. So I teach Audio 1, Audio 2, Audio 3. I am now this semester actually, ironically, teaching a podcasting class, which has been very popular and, and we're going to, you know, that's going to become part of the curriculum because it seems as though everybody wants to do a podcasting class. So that's where we where my disciplines are. I also do oversee the radio station. Uh, my job is, uh, we have uh, three managers at the radio station, program director, music director and station manager, but I kinda, I'm kind of the overarching because we are an FM radio station here at uh, your college, and WVYC-FM, you need to have a chief operator. You need to have somebody that has a background in FCC licensing and all that sort of stuff, and I have that background from my old commercial days. So I'm overseeing that too, but really I, I act as sort of, I guess I, I'm sort of the faculty uh, advisor or the uh, you know, I keep the insane asylum at least going, <laughs> going well. So what caused the shift from biology to uh, radio studies? Oh, wow, that's a... Uh, really, I had always had a love for radio. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, uh, I, I spent a lot of time listening to the radio. I really loved radio and thought it was going to be something that I was just going to do in college for fun. Uh, but I got to Gettysburg, and that was one of the reasons I chose Gettysburg. Uh, they had a they had an FM radio station. Um, actually, they didn't have an FM radio station, but they had an FM radio station coming. Uh, that that FM radio station started in my uh, second semester of my sophomore year. In fact, I was the first station manager for the FM radio station. From there, actually, the FM license for the radio station is my signature. You can go and look on it online. It's really weird to do that. Um, so I got really involved in the radio station. I ran the radio station for two and a half years. I was a station manager. Upon graduation, I started to look around. I had been looking uh, and been contacted by a local radio station where I was living in, in Gettysburg. And uh, they said, were you interested in getting, you know, uh, in a part-time job? And I had no other prospects at the time. I wasn't interested in really going to graduate school or anything like that. And then there's always a girl. Uh, and, and that girl, uh, uh, we've been married 30 years, so it's okay. Uh-huh. Um, but my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, my wife then, had gotten a full-time job in Gettysburg. And so, uh, you know, we wanted to stay together. 
And so I stayed there. I, I took the part-time job. And that, within three months, it was a full-time job. I was working, working full-time uh, doing that. So that's really how it happened. It's not like, you know, it was not like some magic thing went off. It was being at the right place at the right time and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I never looked back. It's been a, you know, been a fantastic career. I've really enjoyed everything that I've done in my career. And I really, really, for a lot of people, when I've talked with people about it, I've said, I, I feel like I came full circle. I, my career started in college, and it's going to end in college, but I, I feel like I'm giving back to our, you know, our students here at, the, at, at your college and also the students that are involved at the radio station. So what drew you to York College? Like I, I know you said you went to Gettysburg and you worked there for a while. How did you end up teaching here? Oh, uh, well, I, uh, that's an easy story because I was working in town. I had been working at a radio station in town, WSBA, uh, which is on the east side of town. Uh, and uh, I got to know one of the professors here, a guy by the name of Ed Devis, who no longer teaches at the college, and he asked me if I would come in to talk to one of his audio classes about radio, uh, you know, basically uh, come in. And I came in, and, um, you know, we hit it off. We, we, I, I came, would come in every semester for about three or four years, and then uh, there was a uh, class that they were teaching here at the college, the radio production class, that they needed someone to produce uh, to to teach as an adjunct, and so he literally, I think he called me. I, it was I think the Monday before Thanksgiving, and he said, "Can you teach? You know, can you teach something?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, what do you want me to teach?" And he said, "Radio production." I said, "Oh yeah, I can handle that." So I came in, started teaching the radio production class, and did that for six or seven years before I was hired full time. So the, my 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 tie to your college has nothing. It just has to be again. Right place, right time. Uh, what got, first got you interested in teaching? Ed Devis. <laughs> <laughs> he said to me, I think you can do it. And, and I think he was right. I'd never really thought about it. I think if you'd, you'd asked me, would I ever be, you know, uh, would I ever be at a college teaching, uh, standing in front of students, uh, you know, on an everyday basis? I probably would have said no. But um, I, 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 I've always loved, I have... One of the things I always say to my students is be passionate about something. If you're passionate, it'll come through. Um, radio is not rocket science. Uh, audio is not rocket science. You know, I, I, I wouldn't want to be teaching rocket science because rockets blow up. Nothing blows up, um, which is good. Um, and, and so I, I never really thought about teaching, but I, I found that it, it's really, really rewarding. I, I think that you know, I've talked with you guys, and I showed you guys. You guys are doing this show mm. because I was able to, to, to show you. And that's not puffing myself up. It's that show somebody how to do something and, and watch them try to do, you know, do it and, and, you know, adjust along the way. And to me, that's really, at least in my area, that's what, that's what being a college professor is or that's what being a teacher is. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just showing you how to do something, giving you a little bit of guidance, and let you guys go take off with it. Yeah, we, we really appreciate all the guidance you've given us and just letting us use the studio in general. Well, no, no, no. You, you, you guys already paid for the studio. The stu you know, <laughs> that's, the, that's why when, you know, one of the things when I came to the college back in 2013 and we went and I went through the physical plan of the, the, the radio station, I said, you know, the only people that can use this are the people that have been trained on it. Uh, it's really, really hard. It was a really, it had a gigantic mix board in here. It was very, very difficult to use. I struggled with it. And if I was struggling with it, I knew that there was no way, you know, students that were new were going to be able to do that. I said, we need to fix this. 
and so we simplified it. Main control room, we made that a little more sophisticated. There's four microphones in there. There's some stuff in there that, that you wouldn't necessarily use. But I wanted to be able to have the production studios so that anybody could come into the production studio and use the production studio. And we have, I, I talked to today, uh, talk podcasting, to a psychology class today. And there are going to be students in that psychology class that are going to do podcasting. And they're going to come and they're going to use these facilities. I've had business students. I've had history students. I've had, I think I even did a science class uh, a couple of semesters ago. So the idea is that we have this facility and it's not just for mass comm majors. It's not just for somebody that wants to make, you know, uh, great content. It's for everybody because I got news for you. This is the future. Podcasting and all, everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to have a podcast. Doesn't matter what your discipline is. Go and do a search for whatever topic you want. There's a podcast. So somebody's producing that somewhere. Whether they're good or bad, we can have a discussion <laughs> about that. But the idea is that we've got a facility here at the college that is usable for everybody. You know, none of us, the three of us, are not going to walk into the chemistry lab and start playing around with anything. Um, you guys probably would struggle a little bit in, in our TV studio, but if I showed you how to do it, yeah, nothing's going to blow up. You're not going to break anything for the most part. Um, and that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create an atmosphere where anybody could come in and use this. Because eventually what I was hoping was that eventually they would go, we're, we're next door to the main control room. I was hoping that they would eventually become part of the radio station. Whether they did or not was not really that important, but I thought that that was... I thought that that was a great way to get people in. You know, if they see, wow, this is really kind of cool. Um, you know, I, I'd like to do this. I actually, one of the students that was in the um, uh, the podcasting class said that she, um, uh, she'd been doing it for four years, which was great. And there's another student. I had a professor I was just talking to. He said, yeah, one of my students has been talking. I've been listening all the time. That radio station is great. So those, I wanted to be part of the college community. And that's, I think, what we, hopefully what we've done. What is a common misconception you hear about your field or students in your field? Oh, that's a, that's a really good... Misconceptions about radio. Well, I think uh, one of the misconceptions about radio is that it's glamorous. It's not really glamorous. <laughs> um, yeah, there are some people that it is glamorous, you know, uh, you know uh, Ryan Seacrest, that's glamorous. You know, or that you're going to make a million dollars. Yeah, there are a few people that, you know, Howard Stern makes a million dollars. Uh, Ryan Seacrest makes it. I never made a million dollars, but... I had a rewarding career. Uh, I had a career that, I, and I'll talk about some of my experiences too, but I had a career, I was able to raise a family. Uh, I, I had something that, and I, I said this before, I was passionate about. I was always passionate. I worked morning drive. Anybody know, you, you know what time morning drive means? It means that you're on the air at five o'clock in the morning. Does that mean, what that means is that you're at the radio station probably by about 3.30. I used to wake up at 2.30 in the morning to be at work by 3.30, to be on the air by 5. You have got to be crazy unless you're passionate about what you're doing. And I was passionate. I loved that job. Um, and and I, 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 I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was well worth every minute that I did. Like I said, I raised my, uh, you know, I had two kids. You know, those boys uh, got to experience some things that a lot of kids didn't. Uh, for many, many years, I was sports director at WSBA from the mid-90s until I uh, end of my career um, in 2013, and I covered Penn State, the, the Orioles, and the Ravens. Uh, and so my boys got to experience that at up close and personal, like on the field, in the press box, that sort of stuff. 
And, you know, of all the things that I miss about my old job, that's what I miss. I miss, uh, you know, the camaraderie that I created and, and some of the great friendships I have with a lot of sportscasters and a lot of sp- athletes and that sort of thing that, you know, you, you don't get that. But I don't miss 2.30 in the morning. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Everybody says to me, do you still wake up at 2.30 in the morning? I said, no. No one. The f- five minutes after you change jobs, do you wake up at 2.30 in the morning? It, it doesn't happen. You sleep through like a normal person. I'll probably still make it up for all the missed uh, sleep, but that's okay. I still haven't gone to bed by 2 in the morning sometimes. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that, that's a concept. That, 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 that is one thing that has changed for me. Uh, I'm, I cannot stay up. You know, 10.30, 11 o'clock, I'm like, forget about it. Because, you know, at 10.30 or 11 o'clock, I was going to sleep for three hours. And, and you know, I, when I covered not very much baseball, but occasionally postseason baseball. But when I covered the Ravens and they had a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, by the time you got out of the locker room, especially a Sunday night or a Monday night game, time you got out of the locker room, it was 12.30, quarter to one. Had an hour drive from Baltimore to the radio station. All of a sudden, now we're talking, it's one fifteen, one thirty. Guess where I slept? Floor of my office. That's just the way it is. What are some of the ways that you would say instruction has changed since you first started teaching here? Well, I, I think probably the biggest change is that everything is digital now. Uh, when I first started in 2006, we started to make that turn. Uh, we started to turn over. We were still talking a little bit about tape. We were still talking a little bit about analog, the old analog days. But really, uh, we are now fully digital. And one of the cool things about fully digital is that the editing process, what you guys are going to do with this after, after I'm done, however you do, even if you just add music and all that sort of, is such an easier process. And I will be honest with you, when I was a professional co- commercial radio person, I didn't love to do uh, editing. It wasn't my favorite thing to do. There were other things, you know, I like to be on the air and I like to create and all, all that sort of stuff. But I didn't particularly love to do editing, you know, production editing and all that sort of stuff. Now, I love it because really, it's so easy. It's so creative. It's, you know, and that's that creativity can really come out and you can really, really make it sing and really make it great. So that to me is is the, the biggest change. The fact that we've gone from an analog world to a digital world. Now, you know, basically radio is pretty much the same. You go into a radio station, you could go into a radio station today and it could look very much like what it looked like 25 years ago. Could be the same mixed console, could be the same microphones, could be all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's, the, it's how we deliver it. Um, you know, I was uh, at, in 19, uh, 1994 at, at WSBA, we went from analog, so we were playing tapes, to playing digital starting in, in 1994, right around when, uh, when Windows 95 came out. And that was such a, a shift because Back then, you could just, you know, if, if you wanted to leave the studio, you had to make sure that you had enough time. You know, okay, I'm playing a five-minute song, and I got two commercials. And With digital, you just tell it, and it'll go, you know, it can play for 30 minutes. Or we currently play the college radio station 24-7, 365. And the only way we could do that, especially when you guys are not here in the, you know, during breaks and during the summer, the only way we could do that is with a computer. And so that's been the biggest change. We've gone from a, you know, an analog world to a digital world. What is one thing you would like future students to know about your college? Well, I, you know, I think one of the things that, um, uh, I think that this is probably one of the friendliest places I've ever worked. Um, everybody is supportive. 
uh, very friendly. Uh, and, and that goes down to the students, too. I, I've got some great relationships over the years with students. There are students now who will, you know, the, one of the, I'm like one of the first three or four people that they've told that they've gotten a new job or that they're, you know, going to have a baby or they're going to get married. Or, so those relationships that I've created uh, and have occurred for me over the last, you know, seven to ten years are... I think a direct outgrowth of, of your college. I think being, you know, I think it's a community. I think, you know, what are we, about 4,500 people with students and, and faculty and all that sort of stuff. That's not a lot of people. That's a, I, had, I, I, I did an interview with Dr. G.S. on Monday, and, and one of the things she said was, we're a small city. Yeah, we're a small city, but we're a really small city where not everybody knows everybody else, but... I bet you if I said somebody, you would know them, and you know, so, you know, six degrees of whatever. Um, and I think one of the things that you get at your college, and I think that you get in a small college, and I went, and I had that from my experience in college as well, uh, because Gettysburg's even smaller than, than York, you get a shared kind of experience. Uh, everybody's experience is pretty much the same, uh, and that you also have a situation where you you can get to know just about everybody, uh, and I think that that's really great. By the way, the friends you make in college will be the friends that you will spend a lot of time with in the rest of your life. Obviously, I'm married to a woman that I went to college with. I have probably my closest friends are former college uh, graduate, you know, that graduated with me or a year before, or a year after. In fact. We get together. We've been lately getting together on Zoom about three or four every three or four uh, weeks, but we get together all the time. We've gone, uh, you know, on on uh, trips together. We've gone for uh, you know to baseball games or go to you know football games, whatever. We all are very very close, and I think that that's one thing you get at a small college. I think if you go to Penn State, you don't get that. You've got your little for family, maybe. You know, maybe there's 25, 30, 40 kids that, you know, you share classes with, maybe you share a major with. But for the most part, that doesn't happen at a big university where it does at a small college. You know, you, you've probably got friends across all the different disciplines at the college, and that's unusual. You go to a big school, that doesn't happen. You, you know, you never see them. You might not even know they exist. What's something that you would like current students to know about uh, mass communications? What, well, what I'd like to know is they better, they better learn how to be a content creator. No matter what job you're going to get into, it doesn't matter where you go to work, uh, there's going to be probably some requirement that you be able to do content creation. And, and, and it may simply be a training video. It may be speaking in front of a large number of uh, uh, colleagues, making a presentation. Uh, those are the kinds of things that you get as a mass communications person. Uh, you know, obviously there are more skilled people. You can make videos, you can do TV, you can be in front of the camera, you can be behind the camera, and everything has, a, they learn how to write. Uh, I think one of the things is we're, what we're seeing now in, in, in the world today is we are very media-centric. You know, everybody's doing TikTok, everybody's doing um, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, you know, all those things. Well, all those things, if you have some good skills, you can make yours much better. We've all seen horrible TikToks and horrible Instagrams. But we've also seen ones that look really good. You're like, wow, how did that happen? 
Well, the re reason it happened was somebody had some skill and probably they had some training. And I, I think one of the things that we do in mass communications is we're content creators. That's what we do. We teach our students to create content. Doesn't matter what the content is. Could be video, could be audio, could be written. Because, you know, a lot of the times you need uh, good, good writing for, for, good, you know, for a good audio piece or a good video piece. Um, so I think that that's really important. And more and more jobs are, are requiring that of some of their workers. I mean, if you're, a, if you're somebody, let's say you, well, both you guys, you're, are, are you writing majors? Okay, you're both writing majors, okay? Professional writing, creative writing, technical writing, whatever, whatever. I guarantee you that first job that you go to, they're going to say to you, you know, we'd like you to write for us, but we'd also like you to voice it or maybe be in front of the camera or hold the camera and shoot it. So our students, mass comm students, really have that, that whole package. Uh, and, and, and it's happening everywhere. I mean, um, my, wife, my wife used to work for a uh, solid waste uh, company, the Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority. They did videos. They created media content. Why? Because they used it as a marketing tool. You know, we're, we're, we're talking, creating goodwill. So those are the kind of things. Every business needs goodwill and marketing. And we're the ones, MassCom people, who create that. What is a piece of advice you would give to seniors graduating in MassCom? Well, I'll, I'll say th th there's two messages. Number one, right now, it's difficult. I think it's difficult for everybody. I think it's difficult no matter what field that you're, you're in, uh, you know, unless you're you know, maybe in a medical field or something like that. But it's, it, it's difficult um, because of circumstances you can't control. But don't give up the hope. Don't give up hope. Um, you know, I've had students, I, I, uh, recently, uh, one, of my, one of my former students uh, who graduated in, she graduated last May. Uh, so she just got her first full-time job. And she, she stayed at it. She, you know, she did some part-time jobs here or there. Uh, you know, not exciting, but you know, paid the bill. Lived back at home. Don't, don't recommend that. But sometimes you got to do it. Um, and and what I what I tell them is, continue to stay current in what's going on in your field. Continue to try and do as many things as possible, and eventually it, you'll break through. I, it, it's also. And, and this is advice that I give to all my students or any student that would ask me. The first job, that's the hardest one to get because that's the one you got to get your foot in the door. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have probably, if you're seniors, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at job and it says one to three years of experience or three to five years of experience. Well, how do you get that? Got to get that first job. Get that first job. Stay in that first job. Prove yourself because I'm sure that you will. And once you, once you do that, you're going to jump up the line. I have a, a, a I'll give you another quick example. Uh, a woman, she graduated here in 2017. She for, worked for two years as a news reporter, kind of all on her own in State College, Pennsylvania for a Johnstown uh, station. About a year and a half ago, she moved to WHTM, which is up uh, in Harrisburg. She was actually the York correspondent. And the company that she worked for uh, was a company called Nextar, and they loved the work that she did, so much so that about four months ago, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, they said to her, 
we want you to uh, go come work for us in Denver, Colorado. She's now a reporter, uh, street reporter at a Fox affiliate in Denver, Colorado, which is, I think Denver is like top 15 market in the country. She has, in four years, gone from literally tears rolling down her eyes in my office to, you know, or tears rolling down her eyes and, oh, no one will ever hire me, to she's, she's going to be a rock star. She's got poise. She's really good at what she does. And if, if you can prove yourself, you can make it. That's really impressive. What, what is something that you like to do in your free time or on the weekends? Lately, nothing, but that's... <laughs> I do like sports. Um, I, 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 I participate in sports. I love to play golf, uh, although I haven't played in quite some time. Um, I do read a lot. I also listen to a lot of stuff. I'm a, you know, I, I'm a consumer of, of both radio and podcast and, and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, I, I love to be outdoors and walking around and all that sort of stuff. I'm not a, I'm not a very complicated guy. Um, you know, my, my idea of rest and relaxation is to sit on the beach with my feet in the water reading a book. Um, you know, that, that for me is how I relax. Um, and, and hopefully this year we'll be able to do that. Didn't do, do it last year. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I have some passions, uh, but I'm not, I'm not crazy over the top. Uh, you know, I, I, I like, I also like just being on campus. You know, thinking about being a college uh, professor, I like that. That's a, you know, a lot of people. For a lot of people, they would say, "Well, it's just a job." No, it's not just a job. This is my second career. It really is. I, I look at it that way. And so, for you, for for second career, you know, enjoy yourself. Uh, you know, sit back and enjoy yourself. Be involved in as many things as you can. And I am involved in a lot of things on campus. Um, so that takes up a little bit of my time. But uh, yeah, on weekends. Uh, it's it's not unusual to find me reading somewhere, uh, that 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 especially now. Do you have any podcast recommendations besides the Rough Draft? Or um, oh boy, I, there are about, about a thousand that I would I would say This American Life, which is a fantastic podcast. Uh, Ira Glasses is really good. Um, uh, Hidden Brain, another good one. Uh, I also uh, love uh, something called Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. Got by the name of Robin Mars. Uh, actually is one of the earliest podcasters. His stuff is really, really good. Uh, the, the concept behind 99% Invisible is we may be looking straight at something, a computer monitor, but there's a story there. There's a story in how that got, you know, how that got developed. How did, how did Kodak, which is, you know, uh, encode, decode, well, you know, all the digital stuff, how did that get developed? How did this microphone, a Rode microphone, how did that get be de developed? That, that's what Roman Mars does, and he does these in-depth, deep dives, and, and usually does them in about 15 or 20 minutes, that brings, brings it out. So I love that. I also listen to uh, uh, Welcome to Night Vale, uh, which is uh, fiction, and I also listen to some audio dramas, uh, you know, just random ones. Some of the BBC audio dramas are fantastic. I just started listening to one. Uh, Rami Malek, who played, um, uh, who was in uh, the movie The Queen, he played uh, Freddie Mercury. He's in a, he's terrific in a kind of, it's not horror, but it's kind of, I guess suspense would be the best. Uh, it's terrific, and it's on BBC. I think it's like six episodes or seven episodes. So there's lots of great stuff, and I'm always, I'm always experimenting. Somebody will tell me about something, and I'll listen to it and, and, and grab that. So I, I listen to a lot, and frankly, 
the thing I've I've said in the, the, what I teach in my podcasting class, I said, pick a topic, pick any topic, and you can make a podcast about it. People will listen to it. So, uh, what is something your students probably don't know about you? Well, they all know that I uh, my degree is in biology. Um, hmm, that's an interesting question. I never really really thought about it. Most of them know that I uh, live in Lancaster. I don't I don't live in New York. Oh, I know probably most of them don't know that I was a di- that I started my career as a disc jockey. Uh, my first job from, you know, my first four or five years, I was disc jockey, and then I, I, I kind of rotated into news and then news and sports. Uh, so a lot of them probably don't know that I, I was a top 40 disc jockey. Um, so there are certain songs uh, in certain time period that I cannot listen to because I've heard them a thousand times. And, you know, if you're, if you're uh, a top 40 disc jockey, Back in the late 70s, early 80s, my, for me, primarily the early 80s, we would have a rotation. So a song would play, especially the top hits song, would play maybe every two and a half hours. I had a five-hour shift. I heard every song two times during that shift. Multiply that by five days. That's I heard that song ten times in a week. Take that over six months, you don't even want, you know. That's why there, there are certain artists and certain songs I cannot listen to because I've had my fill. <laughs> All right, and our last question for you today, what would you say has been one of the most rewarding experiences of your career? Well, probably the most rewarding experience of my career and probably the most memorable experience. Well, there's, there's like three or four of them. Um, but probably number one, and the one that, that I think about the most or, or is the most important to me, uh, I, I covered uh, the Orioles, as I said, and I covered the Orioles during Cal Ripken's run. Most of Cal's career, I covered the team, um, uh, starting starting with the '83 team. Uh, they won the World Series. That would have been his second year. And uh, one of the cool things I think I got to do was I got to be there for uh, when he broke Lou Gehrig's record, the 2030 and 2031. I'll sh- actually, when we're done, I'll show you a picture of me standing on the field. Um, and to me, that's one of my most memorable things. Actually, it was relatively early in my career. Uh, there's certain, certainly some other things, you know, memorable things. I had a Challenger explosion. I was on the air when that happened. I was on the air when uh, 9-11 happened. Uh, and, and, and lots of other things. Uh, there, there's certainly uh, lots of things that I remember. Um, but I, I think the Cal, uh, Cal breaking uh, the 2031 and 20, uh, 2030 and 2031 are probably the most memorable. Just because, you know, I, I work it up to people and you know, we'll, we'll talk about it or be talking about it. And they'll tell me, yeah, I was there. And, you know, so you know how many people were at that game? There were about 7 million um, because it was on TV and everybody saw it. So they could tell you all the things that happened during the game. But I was there. I have proof. I have me standing on the field. Uh, and and that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and, and some of it related to also uh, the fact that both my, both my sons, I uh, was able to take them and have them with me when I was on the field sometimes and meet you know, meet athletes, meet some of my favorite uh, sports writers and sportscasters and all that sort of stuff. I always thought that that was pretty cool that I got to do that. So those, the, they're, they're sports related. Um, but, yeah, the Cal stuff is, is pretty, pretty cool to me. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to us today. My pleasure. I'm more than happy to do it. And our next guest is Tara. All right, our next guest today is Tara. Tara, thanks for coming on and talking to us. Of course. So what specifically is your major? 
So my major is public relations, and I have um, minors in creative writing and speech communication. And what first got you interested in that? Um, so I originally came in as an English major, and then I changed my mind. And the second semester of my freshman year, I took a bunch of random classes just to like see what I wanted to do. And I took intro to public, public relations. So sorry about that. Um, and I just really loved it. So, and I didn't have another reason just to do it. I was like, you know what? I like this class. I've never really liked any classes I've taken before. I'm not a very academic person. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah. Uh, what did you think your major was going to be like? And do you think it's lived up to your expectations so far? I think it has lived up to my expectations. I thought it'd be a little more hands-on, but I understand like a lot of classes have been building up to the basics. Um, but this semester is really exciting because I'm taking like crisis communications, um, which is like emergency responses. And I'm also taking PR campaigns and we're actually working, at least my group is working for the Department of Communication and Writing, so. All right, what do you think you want to do with your degree once you graduate? Um, I think I would like to do something with like crisis comm, um, like emergency responding, but if not, I thought it was maybe like social media, something like that. All right, what drew you to York College of Pennsylvania? Uh, <laughs> my honest answer is that it was super far away from home, <laughs> but I ended up enjoying everything here when I took a tour. I'm like three and a half hours away, and I guess my mindset as like an 18-year-old was like, I just need to get out and try something new, which ended up working out for me, so. I'm glad it worked out for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Who would you say is your favorite thing about college life so far? Um, my favorite part has probably been joining a sorority. I'm in Sigma Delta Tau, and I've held three leadership positions, which has been a lot, but it's also been really exciting. Right. And do you live on campus, or are you a commuter? I live on campus. I'm actually an RA on main campus, so that's also been a good experience for me. You're an RA, you're in a sorority. Are there any other on-campus activities that you're a part of? Not really. <laughs> right. How about your free time? What do you like to do in your free time? My free time, um, my roommate watches movies with me. She makes me watch movies because I'm not exactly a movie person. Um, or I'll just hang out with friends or sisters. Uh, what would, what do you think people say about your major, and do you think that it's accurate? I think <laughs> most of the time the question I get is, what is public relations? So I feel like no one really knows about it, but my side is more communication rather than the similar major, which is integrated marketing communication. So people are like, you don't do anything. And I'm like, well, I do, but you just don't see it as much because I'm never in the library. So... What would you say is one of the most important lessons you've learned in your time at, at college? Oh, geez, that's a good question. I think just trying new things or putting yourself out there because in high school, like, I wasn't involved in anything. Um, and, you know, now I've held a bunch of leadership positions. I'm an RA. Um, you know, I've just been doing a bunch of things that have, has really, like, changed me as a person, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so getting out there, trying new things, even, like, things that you wouldn't, think you would enjoy. Um, yeah, I think that's my best advice. <laughs> All right. And what's something that you would tell a high school student who's looking to study public, public relations? I would probably tell them to keep their mind open because 
honestly when I first joined the major I thought it was more like social media but you can actually do like a lot of things with it so I think it's just very versatile and if you don't know exactly like what you want to do you can change it as you go along all right well thanks for coming on and talking to us today of course all right, we want to thank all of our guests for coming on and talking to us today about the Mass Communications Department and all the ways that you can find a career in this diverse field. Next week, we're going to be sitting down and talking with professors and students in the film and theater departments. Hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you again next week.